I'm sorry. Go to hell, Churchill. I don't really care. Post that as well. I don't care. I'm in a bad mood because of this. And it's ridiculous. This segment of Blinkers Off presented by CDI. CDI, make sure you make your next bet with there were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga And all tracks in between There's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com For all of your needs RacingDudes.com For all of your leads RacingDudes.com For all of your bets RacingDudes.com As good as it gets RacingDudes.com For all of your needs RacingDudes.com For all of your leads RacingDudes.com For all of your bets RacingDudes.com As good as it gets What is up? I'm Jared Wilkie Darren Altman It is Thursday, July 6th And this Splinters off What's up, man? What's up? What's going on, everybody? Yeah, it's going to be a really big show here The week before Saratoga But my goodness The schedule is loaded And that's what we we like You know, uh Last weekend was kind of, you know, hit and miss a little bit, but we are back in full-fledged uh, force here. So many derbies going on this weekend. It's crazy. Dude, we got, I mean, literally all across the country. You got the Iowa Derby, you got the, Bel- or the uh, Belmont Derby, Belmont Oaks. Uh, you've got the uh, Indiana, Indiana Derby. You've got the Cornhusker, which is sort of a classic prep. At least it has been in some of the past years. Nick's go won that race. Um, Fort Larned. Well, I went there from that race to the uh, classic as well. So um, you're going, right? You'll be there. Yep. Leaving tomorrow. So excited about that. Uh, yeah. Taking a little trip up. Uh, going to see not Oscar Bush isn't running, but going to go see him. And then hopefully we get some wins with ain't life grand and uh, big Luke. Uh, we're two horses. We'll talk about today on the show. That's going to be Iowa Derby and Cornhusker bound. So yeah, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I also love, that the races are at night because I can't, I don't have to miss the Belmont court card or the Indiana card. I can just get up there, go to the simulcast room and it'll be perfect. So it's gonna be a good day. That or go, just go to, uh, just go to uh, Jethro's and, and, and watch it and then go over there. Yep. Could do that as well. Cause you can eat, you can eat while you watch there. That's right. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So big weekend, huge weekend, actually. Uh, Couple things though, a couple <laughs> things that let's let's go through a couple of the the, the hit the high points and low points. Uh, West Willpower, are are you over it yet? Wins the Stephen Foster. We were both finally against him. I mean, in some ways, I know you use him defensively, but you know, after us pounding him <clears throat> in the Al Sheba, looking like idiots, he comes and w- runs a race that we thought he'd run that day. How how serious of a horse is he, and are you annoyed with him yet, like I am? Uh, I think he's a serious horse for this season. I mean, when you look at the older horses, he fits in with them just fine, as with Rattle and Roll, who just you know caught a pretty wide trip, probably was the best horse, or at least ran the best race that day. Um, you know, it's it's racing. It's I I, I don't know. I I mean, yeah, it's frustrating, but it's just like 
yeah, that's racing, you know, <laughs> if I've been around long enough not to get too upset about it. Cause it's just like, what are you going to do? I mean, you kind of figured that's what would happen and it happened. So, uh, it was, it was yeah. such, that was such a frustrating day, uh, that race. And then I don't remember the other one, um, two races that I, that I handicapped. I thought perfectly West willpower, Keat in second, I had both McPeak horses on top. I just needed him to get up. You know, it's like, the, and then the, on the turf race that uh, the horse that kind of was a speed, but you know, maybe not get the distance did this, did that exactly. And couldn't quite, you know, got second, keyed the horse in second, but some long shot wins, you know, the race instead of, um, you know, one of the two horses I used on top. It just one of those days where it felt like, I was all over it in terms of how I handicapped it and how the, I thought the race would unfold. It just the key horse I needed, you know, kind of ran as good as you thought it would. It, it just, you couldn't quite get that exact to home. And it was really a frustrating day because you just felt like you were, you were right there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, was able to string together uh, the double in the uh, last two races there used West willpower and rattle and roll. Uh, with the five in that last race. So that was good to kind of salvage that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, that big long shot knocked me out of the pick five. Uh, so I felt like the Ellis card was actually pretty good until you kind of get to those last three races. But, uh, you know, and I want to put up Nick's comment, you know, 99 years out of 100, I, I would I would be like, yeah, he's he's not a classic horse. But the problem is, like, who is? Y you know, like Cody's wish, sure. West willpower fits right in though. That's a most years. I don't think like, let's take last year, for example, let's say West willpower pointing to the classic kind of wasting your time a little bit and this year. I don't know. He's got, he's got a chance. There's just nobody out there. That's that good. Minus Cody's wish right now. Yeah. I mean, why well, this, year, like we said on the pod last week, it's like, I just feel like a lot of those horses out of that race are going to be in the classic just because, you know, where else are they going to run? And yeah. I think rattle and roll for sure will be. Um, there's no doubt about that. Small happy probably will be too. But yeah, I thought rattle and roll ran really well. Yeah. Uh, kind of has proven to be a legit horse now, I guess. Mm -hmm. He definitely proved to be the more legit big peak out of those two. That 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 buyer was insane that Smile Happy got the race prior. And we proved that because West Willpower <laughs> technically regressed. From the race prior well and we'll look and won and looked like he did it's kind of typical right the mcpeak horses for the most part have trouble holding their form you know, smile happy hadn't ran that well before that big race at churchill up to that standard i mean he'd been okay nothing great he didn't run that well last saturday i i don't know when they're gonna pop and when they're not you know it's really hard to predict uh his horses that's why we always say on the show take the ones that that are bigger prices of his because you do have to realize there's a lot of variance with his running lines for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's one thing or another. It's just, that's kind of how you see. And honestly, I really was never worried about smile. Happy winning that race. Um, I, I just didn't think he'd back it up and it's unreal. Smile. Happy made West willpower look ridiculous in the Ali Sheba and West pa West Willpower totally turned the tables on him in that race. It made him look ridiculous. It's it's weird. Yeah, Smile Happy didn't do any favors prior to that race. He was acting like a total idiot. Um, I mean, just but you know, 
he still looked like he was in a good spot late in that race. Um, yeah, Rob, uh, where is it at? It's not coming up for me, but Rob, we will talk about the Indiana Derby. So, um, there we go. So it's like sticking. Is magic on the back end? No. Nope. Oh, I think he deleted it. That's what deleted what? There we what go. Are you talking about? There we go. I was trying to get it out. I, I kept clicking it, but it just was, was sticking. It, it came up. It oh, was out. Okay. Yep. Not on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we will get into the Indiana Derby uh, as well, so stay tuned for that. Other thoughts. Uh, the Dwyer. I know you were busy at the Cardinals game, the the 14-hour Cardinals game games you went to, but the Dwyer was a hell of a race. Fort Bragg, um, man, he ran huge, but, but so did the Brad Cox horse, two horses that I think we'll hear a lot from this summer. Feels like it. Yeah. I thought Fort Bragg ran a tremendous race. Uh, same, same for the Cox horse there, uh, Saudi Prince, but our Saudi crown, I always say Prince Saudi crown. I, I, I don't know. Like I heard after the race, Baffert talking about maybe stretching Fort Bragg out. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so we'll see, but man, it seems like our three-year-olds this year are running huge in any race. That's not a Kentucky Derby prep or uh, a triple crown race, right? Like you look at that, like Arabian lion on the undercards of both the Belmont and the Preakness arguably ran a lot better races than the Belmont and the Preakness. Right. And you look at like a uh, general gym, of course, Mays ran great, but like the general gym Fort Bragg race was ridiculous compared to a lot of what we've seen. So I don't know. Maybe these three-year-olds are a little bit better going shorter. Maybe they're a little bit late developing and we're going to see some big performances, you know, coming up here soon uh, in the big ones. I don't know. Yeah. I thought Saudi, I mean, I was glad it you know resulted that way because of the, uh, you know, how I played it, but I, I really thought, so like, it was one of those things where it was like, Oh, here comes you, you tell Fort Bragg is absolutely loaded seen this before he's just going to cruise on by and then you know and saudi crown put up some serious not you know speed you know early in that race and just kept going you kind of thought oh he didn't go right by like no he's fighting back you know and for a horse that's very uh you know immature i guess you know just still kind of developing you know late to the game like that's a horse that showed some guts that i think should only get better um you know, as they go. And so that's a horse to me. Fort Bragg, yeah, I'm with you. I was like, that was a little weird. Uh, Baffert said that. I was like, just, you, I mean, I feel like you got enough, like, going longer. But, yeah, we might see him going longer. Maybe he's a dirt mile type of horse. Um, I don't know. We'll see where he ends up. But I thought those two were really impressive mm-hmm. um, in that race. Speaking of Bob Baffert, the last point we'll talk about before we get into today's show, the news that, uh, that Churchill Downs is just like, Oh, wait a second. We're going to extend it one more year on you. You are banned from the Kentucky Derby for 2024 as well. After he had served his punishment, which we got extensive anyways, served it. That, to me, and by the way, it's wild. This comes in the same year that, not really the same month, really, that Churchill Downs had to shut down because horses were dying on their track and had to move to Ellis. Mind you, Bob Baffert had nothing to do with that, and you shut it down because of that, but then you say you're banning him because of the continued risk that he's presenting to horses and their health. So it's just like, it's wild to me. It's just, it's like when you punish a kid and then they serve their punishment and you're like, oh, wait, 
you got to do it for another year. It's just, it was, I, I didn't understand it. And that's coming from somebody that was not, I mean, I thought Bob Baffert needed to be suspended for what, you know, that, that situation. But I also think it's over. Like we need to move on from it. It, it, it's unbelievable how you and I have come full circle on this because right? if you go back and listen to the pods when all this was going down, we said, look, this guy needs punished. He has gotten so many positives in big races. I don't care what excuses they are. You can't get positives in derbies and Oaks. You can't do it and continually get away with it. So it was like, that's good. It is good. And I, I I don't necessarily have any personal problems with Bob Baffert. I'm just saying you can't get positives and get away with it. You just can't. But we have come full circle on this now. This is ridiculous. You punished him. He served that punishment. It's over. Can we just move on? It's over. Now, it'd be different if he was getting positives other places still and, and being a menace. But there's nothing going on that they have any proof about anyway that – can, can keep this going like this. This is insanity. And, and to come out just out of nowhere and say, no, okay, he's gone for another year. And look, we talked about it last year. The the punishment probably fit the crime. He needed to get uh, at least a little bit more than a slap on a list, wrist, that's for sure. But towards the end of last year, we're like, you know, with the point system and how they're doing this, it, the fan of the game and most importantly, the betters, are kind of been put in weird situations, right? And it's and it's awkward. And it's like it's almost punishing the fans and the betters a little bit more than him at this point. Now, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And guys, to me, the biggest way how they punished him was to try to keep him from getting these great horses, these, these two-year-olds, you know? Maybe owners would go to different trainers because he couldn't run in the derby. That simply has not happened. He has gotten all the – and he will continue to get them – they're doing nothing now but becoming a joke. And that's that's the harsh reality of it. And it doesn't do them any favors that they've killed over 20 horses at that track and had to shut down and run at Ellis Park. Like, I, I am just shocked by this. And I'm not a Baffert defender at all, but it comes to a point where, like, this is a little crazy. And who's the worst part of this, uh, this situation? Is it Baffert or is it CDI? CDI is looking worse by the day when it comes to this. This is not a good move from them, no matter whether, no. I mean, on top of that, it's like, I've seen some comments here in the, in the chat. It's like, and you let, yeah, like, like Sappy, you know, they, they release a press release saying, Hey, you know what? Everything's all clear. He can, he can return to the, to the track, you know, whatever. And it look not to cut you off. I'm sorry. He is 10 times worse than Bob Baffert. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm sorry. That it's the truth. And there isn't there, there's no one that should argue that because it's totally true. And I'm not going to I mean, I'm not going to come here and bullshit people. I've never have on this show and I never will. I don't think Baffert's a very clean trainer. I think Safi Joseph is a lot worse. Period. Yeah. Put yeah. it up, post it wherever the hell you want to post it. I don't care. That's the truth. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and we and it, real race fans. I mean, the, the problem is, is with Baffert is his are happening or were happening, I, I guess, um, on a bigger lot, a bigger stage, you know, when it happens in the Derby and happens in the Oaks and these big where Safi is like day in, day out. We all know it. We all see it. We, you know, the us betters are betting Gulfstream Park or wherever. They're like, OK, yeah, I mean, you know that. So it's like but the 
the the the general public doesn't. And so Bob Baffert, they're clearly for whatever reason CDI has has wanted to is making an example. We knew they were making an example out of them, but it, now it's to the point of like it's almost like you're they're just doing it out of spite, you know, like. We're just going to keep doing it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised they keep trying, you know, to do, to, to suspend them. And I just don't understand, was there something in the legality of it? Like, oh, we have the right to suspend you further. How I, I didn't know that you could just, like, have a suspension. Is it, It'd be like suspending someone in, like, the NFL or something. And then when they when they serve their suspension, it's like you see on the news or whatever that, oh, they're back at training camp. And then a day later, like, oh, wait, by the way, we're going to, Extend that one year. Well, it, and, and the reason we're doing it is because he keeps saying we were wrong for doing it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good reason to suspend somebody. Basically, that's the reason. They said, well, he, he keeps saying he didn't do anything, and so we don't think he's learned his lesson. This isn't fucking kindergarten, and you're not the teacher, CDI. And to be completely fair, outside of the Kentucky Derby, are the, is this even a re- is this track even relevant anymore? I mean, seriously, do you really care what goes on at Churchill Downs outside of the Derby? I really don't anymore because of how terrible they are and they've, they've shut down tracks that people love. I'm sorry. Once that week gets over with, I don't care to watch another race from there. And and they've done that to themselves. And by the way, the last thing about this, the integrity of the Derby has been the big key to this, which I agree with. It, you know, you need to keep that race you know, up on a pedestal without any question. However, you, you had to have looked at the last two years and what happened to your trail leading up to the Kentucky Derby and go, wow, well, this is kind of a joke because Bob Baffer keeps having these horses. And so we're awarding third and fourth place points and that's it out of half of our races. I know it's probably not half. I'm just saying it. And it, it makes it a joke and nobody likes to follow it when that happens. And when he enters, everybody goes, God, he entered. And now, uh, you know, he's got two and it's ridiculous. And so now you've said, okay, we're going to fuck with that again for another year. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, go to hell Churchill. I don't really care. Post that as well. I don't care. I'm in a bad mood because of this and it's ridiculous. This segment of blinkers off presented by CDI CDI. <laughs> make sure you make your next bet with CDI. Um, anyways, uh, listen, I, I think, I want to know where you're like, well, I know where you stand clearly, but cause like I'm with you, you and I kind of went, came about this the whole way. Like, I feel like where we were like, yeah, you know, like Baffert needs to be gone for a while. Like he sucks. He, he and, did. <laughs> and then it was like last year felt, I think you and I both were on the same boat there where last year it kind of felt like, okay, this is getting old. This is getting old. It's I'm ready. I'm so glad that he can, you know, have horses uh, next year. And, so, like, I've seen a lot of people being like, ah, you know, fuck the, you know, fuck the Derby. I'm not, like, I, I'm not doing this or I'm not betting. So I'm kind of wondering not only where you stand, but where the public and the betters will, you know, at some point it's going to be too much for people to be like, I'm not betting CDI. I'm not betting the Derby. I'm not betting these prep races. Like, because it's a joke right now with what they're doing. I mean, I, I think all of those people will probably bet the prep races in the Derby, but I think day in and day out, there's really no reason to bat at CDI. If you feel that way, there's so many other options. It's not like they're racing day in and day out other than that. We've been weekend or that good. So, 
Um, I, I just, I, I'm kind of with the people in, in that situation. And look, here's the here's the deal of it. And, I, and, and you know, Cash LA Surf and Michael Lawson. I know you guys are huge Baffert fans and probably don't think he should have been punished. I'm not in that camp. I think he should have been punished. And listen, maybe there are excuses and maybe they're valid and legit. But the bottom line is, when you pop a positive. In the Derby, something has to happen, period. I, even if it was a total accident, I don't really believe that, but something has to happen, right? It yeah. happened. It's over. It's time to move on. And like you said, about halfway through last year, it's like even you and I are like, all right, this is a little bit ridiculous. So but here yeah, we are. I, I, if, they, if, if they don't, which I there's no reason to think, based off of what we've seen from the past that they're going to like reverse this or anything. I hope he runs four horses in every prep he can, you know, I hope that he just puts out an FU tour to the whole CDI and the Derby system and the points system. And we have Bob Baffert winning races left and right and just completely fucks with this thing. And I will root for that because it's a joke. And Frankly, you're not getting the best horses in the Derby anymore, which was a whole point of this system, anyways. Look, well, there you go. There he there put you it go. perfectly. He said, "We're not getting to see the best horses at CDI in the in the Derby, or, or we're not seeing you in the Derby, and CDI doesn't care." To me, that's that's the whole thing about it. You've got the two years of evidence of kind of just that awkwardness in that weird situation and all that crap you know and it's it's like it, it just didn't feel right it kind of took something away from it however it's over so now we could get back to normal no we can't so and don't like Baffert's gonna have the best horses again next year or at least many of the best ones he may not have the best you never know about that but so come on I mean it's it's crazy it's just it's nuts and here we go again. We'll be in January and be like, well, Bob Baffert has five in the, you know, San Philippe and, or not San, whatever that, the sham and none of them get points. Great. Cool. It's awesome. Love it. And trust me, it, it's, it's so annoying and all year where I'm like, you know, eight horses lined up for this one, three are eligible for points or whatever. Cause you got Baffert in all of them and it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. This, this is come on. So. Well, I, I I would like to say that's the last we'll talk about this, but I'm gonna think that over the next several months, uh, we will hear more about the Val Baffert situation. Mm -hmm. I keep seeing more and more about the legality. He put a comment out as well, or his you know official statement, and uh, this isn't over. It, it you know you almost start. I don't want. I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll laugh at this, but you almost start to feel for the guy. You're just like, man, like this has been a brutal battle, and. You know, and and no one else but Bob Baffert could really at least even attempt to go against CDI. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like most trainers would just rolled over and died. He's fought back, and and he's really taken a lot of heat for it. And at a certain point, where you're just like, okay, like let's, you know, like he served his he served the punishment. Let's move on. You know. Yep. But yeah, and like people are saying now, it's the whole charade of. Tim Yakteen's the trainer now, and it's just like, come on, really? You know. Well, it's also the last thing I'll say about it. It's also just like the Safi thing, and you can count a million other situations. It's like this poor guy is getting, you know, dragged through the mud, and and we know a million other trainers that are doing it, that are not getting punished, that are getting slaps on their wrists, that are getting 
$500 fines or, you know, whatever. And then this guy, it's just, yeah, he's still running horses. Yeah. I mean, he can run pretty much everywhere now, but it's like, he can't run in the Derby. He's won two triple crowns in the last 10 years. It's crazy. Well, and I'll say my last thing. Okay. 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 Medina spirit gets disqualified. Go to your side. I'm not going to read them off for you guys. Go to Equibase. Look up who finished second, third, fourth, and read off the names of those trainers and come back and tell me if you think those trainers are clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just it, right? I mean, the guy who got, I don't know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start, sit here and read them off. I'm just saying, go, go read off those trainers and go, oh, well, at least, uh, you know, trainer X, Y, or Z here you know, got moved up a placing. They're good guys with no track records. So it's all good. I mean, give me a break. And, and again, if we want to sit here and, and at this point, make Bob Baffert a scapegoat CDI and turn your back or turn your head to letting guys like Diodoro and Broberg run their, I mean, come on, give me a fucking break right now. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. I don't want to say it, so I won't, but it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous how, and again, I, you said it. You've kind of you said you feel sorry for him. I don't know if I feel sorry for him, but I also know he he might be a problem. But my God, we're letting a ton of horses or trainers run at Churchill that, that are a bigger problem than that. So, well, it's, it's, I, I look at it like this: like you know, like my, one of my kids is shithead for a while. You punish them, then after a while, you feel bad that they're punished, and it's like, okay, you can go play now. Well, it's time for Bob Baffert to play. And and he doesn't get two. <laughs> Three well, years is enough. If he does it again, then punish him. Yeah. Unless there's like some weird news that we don't know about that he's been, you know, that he, you know, Medina Spirit was like, yeah, I don't, I have no idea. But um, anyways, poor Medina Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to get anyways. All right, guys, let's get to today's show. Uh, or we can just wrap it up at that point. Today's show, we're going to preview and get picks for uh, Saturdays. We're going to talk about racing $750,000 Belmont Derby Invitational, the 500,000 Fastic Tipton Belmont Oaks Invitational at Belmont Park. Then we're going to get some Rapfire selections uh, for the remaining stakes races at Belmont Park, as well as Prairie Meadows in Horseshoe, Indianapolis. Let's go. there are certain trainers that get white hot for like a month, month and a half, and then they go terribly cold. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like same horses. Anyway, I'm not, it's like when a trainer is like, Oh, that horse now just went 21 and 45 and put those other horses away. Yeah. But that horse couldn't finish the race last time. You know, my dad has always said, he's like, I hate, when we start talking about this because we only bring up the bad ones. Right. And, and it's like, it, it makes people think that everybody's doing this and they're not like, we know the good ones. And so that's why for a lot of our show today, we focused on Kelly Von Hemel, you know, a guy that <laughs> does it the right way. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you need a second? Can you no, no. Okay. No, I mean, Anytime I love, we talk I love about, this Halterman, by the way, guys. This is well, my favorite the, Halterman. Look, and here's the here's the deal, and here's the problem. I am I, I, this is not me bragging, this is just kind of a fact. I handicap every track everywhere. So I know 
99% of the time what's going on with these guys. And how do you, you know, how do you, I know we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but how do you look at a race like that? I mean, you, you're a guy that you've seen all these, these races, you watch all the races and how do you, would you account for that? Do you say, well, that horse yeah. sucked last time, but I've seen the way X trainer has been running some of these horses. I think this horse might be good or might be good today. Do you handicap that? You have to, right? Uh, uh, un, undoubtedly. Yes. Yeah. And you know, th sometimes there's signs like they've got a jock. that's not very good. And then all of a sudden they've got a really good one. And it's like, Oh, huh. Sixth, fifth, eighth. And now we got IRAD on today. Hmm. That's weird. You know, it's like, Oh, cause we had that horse ready today. So there you go. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to the show. Yeah. I talked about how we met Kelby first and, uh, did a that he was our first like feature interview type thing it was pretty cool did you tell him that we were in his wedding his first wedding i didn't talk about the wedding no <laughs> that was awesome that was something that's another thing you you see a claiming horse for been running for five or seven five and somebody claims the horse and now it's in for 30 pretty good sign yes uh speaking of that there's a. Uh... There's a horse in the, uh, we'll talk about it, coming up here in rapid fire in the Iowa Derby off the claim with Diodoro. Hmm. Huh, interesting. You know, it's weird. previously trained by Brad Cox. Hmm. Oh, okay. The Cox to Diodoro move, I think, is interesting. Well, two great horsemen, obviously. So, And they're off in the Belmont Oaks. Invitational. Saturday, Belmont Park, race eight. The Fastic Tipton Belmont Oaks Invitational. It's a grade one with 500K. Uh, for Phillies, three-year-olds going one and a quarter miles on the uh, turf. Field of nine lines up here. Halterman, two to one. Uh, on your one, Mission of Joy, Grand Motion, TGAF aboard. Uh, Papio, the horse that I believe got second to that horse. Um, last out four to one, five to one prerequisite. I thought was interesting. Uh, be your best. The prerequisite, be your best exacta, where I cashed my $3,300 exacta last out in the wonder again. Where are you going here? What do you think of the field? Uh, Mission of Joy. That that seems to be the horse to beat here. Yeah, I, I went with Mission of Joy on top. I, I really like this horse. Grand Motion trains. Uh, last time out, won the regret and beat Papilio, who I really like. I think that's a nice horse as well. Uh, I have that horse in third, but Mission of Joy for me on top. Uh, I also think the stretch out's not going to be a big problem for this horse because you look at the regret last time out at beautiful Churchill Downs where they killed 23 horses this year. Uh, you look at that race where the horse stretched out to a mile and an eighth got better. It looked like the horse really improved off of that race. So, uh, and survived Churchill like 23 other horses didn't. So that was good. So now we're going to go to Belmont, the Belmont Oaks here a mile and a quarter. I think this horse is going to be tough. So I like the one quite a bit. Uh, I, I think she's going to run a pretty darn good race here. So give me the one. I also like the five prerequisite as well. Won the wonder again, going gate to wire. You kind of look at this probably should go gate to wire again. I mean, has, well, at least has that setup to where she's going to get the lead. Can she take it all the way? Can she get that extra eighth of a mile? That's going to be the big question mark, but I do like her quite a bit as well. So one and five are the two I like best here. Yeah. You know, I, I really wanted to go with the five or even, you know, I, after as much money as I made off of the six, I kind of thought about playing the six here. 
Uh, I think this horse might get better um, with one more start here and, and going a little bit longer, but um, couldn't pull the trigger. Asprey for uh, Chad Brown. It's interesting. What did you make of the move of? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what the move is with the Pratt. You know, Pratt rode Asprey last time out. He also rode prerequisite the last two times. Last two times were wins. Is on Asprey. Irad obviously gets on the five prerequisite. Has not rode that horse before. So where do you what do you think of that situation? I thought that was weird for sure. Uh, I, listen, Asprey. I I guess this is the one that they chose. Or he Pratt chose, but. I don't really know why that's not really a knock on him either by the or her, by the way, because I do really like those last two races, but it was a bit surprising that he ended up getting them out here. I don't know. Maybe I snuck in there and got that mount somehow. Um, the jockey situation was very interesting. I wouldn't really talk anybody off the seven because of that, but I just couldn't get there from a handicapping standpoint, looking at what the horse had done, you know? Um, but Stretch out's probably going to help the source, you know, guy Leo Mayer. So uh, I would say the distance should be okay. Yeah. I mean, a horse that's coming in off of, you know, a hilltop win and then prerequisites coming in off, you know, grade two win. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it's, uh, you know, Chad Brown thinks, you know, Irad, you know, be a, you know, better on the lead or something. I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. It's an interesting move. I thought, um, listen, I, I ultimately picked the one mission of joy as well. You know, this is a horse that just has been awesome. Um, you know, the Edgewood, you know, I, I definitely had a tough trip that day. Uh, but you know, really past that, this horse has been flawless since the, the, his debut, um, her debut where she obviously didn't run uh, a step, but you know, that last race, I thought the regret, man, she looked, loaded and then as soon as she got some room to run it was like see ya i, I don't the mile and a quarter is doesn't seem like what's an issue whatsoever for me um i really just think she's gonna be better i like the fact that she drew the rail as well like i think she can kind of tuck in there she showed last time out in the regret that you know being kind of tucked in you know inside of horses kind of just you know sit the trip wait for the time to come out and then and then and then pounce so i think that is not going to be an issue and i I don't think we're going to see prerequisite. That was kind of the main concern of why I didn't want to pick prerequisite. I just don't know that, even though I do think there's not a ton of speed, I mean, surely somebody's going to go out there and try to challenge her a little bit after they saw what she did last time out. So, yeah, I think Mission of Joy, I think Mission of Joy is a pretty damn good horse just in general. Kind of seemed like it. Uh, that last race, like I said, was pretty strong. You know, in the Edgewood, uh, the race before, also a pretty strong race, just couldn't quite get there. And again, I think that stretch out really helped her last time. And I think it could help her just a little bit more this time, but I mean, don't kid yourself. This is going to be a very competitive race. These races we're talking about today uh, at Belmont are very competitive. So, um, but two to one probably seems right. Uh, a grand motion, man. He seems like long on the turf seems to be right where he kind of feasts. So um, yeah, I agree. Long story short, I do agree. She seems like a pretty nice one. I, I will say this. I mentioned it a few times. Um, the the six, be your best, a horse that I think is very interesting here, especially underneath, you know, a horse that I, I keyed in second the last time out. You wonder again, was a huge prize. Well, 14 to one almost. Um, but listen, the reason why I did it was uh, this seemed like a horse that had shown a lot of promise early on in the career and, you know, going longer, mile 16th races. It got cut back to the mile. The Breeders' Cup, the Appalachian did not run well. 
The wonder again was at a mile and eighth. I thought the distance would be good. Did run, run huge, really. He almost got the prerequisite. Get Louis Size aboard, back aboard. I rode this horse two back. I thought that was interesting as well. So, I mean, I think you can do worse in terms of 10 to 1 shots. And I think this horse might come with a little bit of noise. The problem might be, will she get enough pace to run into? And I don't think so, right? I mean, where, where's the other speed really coming from? Uh, and that's why I kind of lean that towards that five. I think the five can take them a long ways. I just don't see a ton of other, other speed in this race uh, from anybody else. You know, you look at the six, okay, that's the horse that just followed the five around. The seven, that's not a horse that doesn't really come up uh, too too close to the lead. Mission of Joy could very well be second in this race early on. Yeah. And I don't think she's overly fast, but there's just not a lot of fast horses here. I think the one and the two will be somewhat closer to the lead just because, I mean, last time out, the two striking spun was in second, really set right there, but that's because they went like 50 and 116. You know, that was a mile and three eighths race, but still, like they were crawling and that horse kind of just got up there. But this horse has shown in the past to come off of it. So it will be interesting to see how slow they go. You know, prerequisite mm -hmm. did go pretty decent clip that day in, um, in the wonder again, going longer here, but I think this horse has got speed and I don't know that anybody's going to be able to fully push her, but I do think they learn a thing or two, even if it is the one mission of joy, they're not going to let her go out and just steal this thing yet again. So I kind of like the one over five, but if you go anything like last weekend, it'll be the five one. Uh, the one won't get there, uh, but that I, I do like the one quite a bit. Mission of Joy Haltzman does as well to win the Belmont Oaks, and they're off in the Belmont Derby. All right, let's go to the Belmont Derby race 10, two races later. Uh, $750,000 for same everything, same uh conditions. Only this is for the three year old males going a mile and a quarter on the turf field of 11. Halterman, dude, this if the odds show you anything, it shows you that, man, this is a wide open affair. Seven to two all the way on the outside, the international invader, the Foxes. Uh, definitely didn't get any favors with the draw, but interesting horse coming in here. It's all over the place, really. Web Slinger at nine to two, four to one on Far, far Bridge. Silver Knot at six to one. Holy hell. Calic at five to one, a horse that went gate to wire last time out. Redistricting. Uh, for Chad Brown, Pratt, eight to one. I thought I almost picked this horse to win. Very interesting horse. You can, I mean, go across the board. There's several horses in here that are very interesting. Really good race. What do you think? I can't quit Silver Knot, so I'm going to give Silver Knot one last chance here. Uh, look, I I thought he ran pretty well last time out. Nobody was beating Calic number one. So I'll say that right off the bat. And then Firebridge kind of just snuck up the rail and, and yeah. got the best of Silver Knot late by a head, but it was pretty competitive, pretty close. I just feel like somebody's going with Calic early. It might be the seven. It might be the nine. I, I just think there is going to be a little bit of pressure this time. And I think it's going to set up better for silver knot. That being said, this is a test. There's no doubt about it. Farbridge is here with another big chance. Webslinger, a big chance. The Foxes, he ships over with a chance. Redistricting, like you said, he's pretty good too. I think somebody's going to come from a little bit out of it and win. Like I said, I can't quit silver knot just yet. I'm going to give him another shot here, especially at this price. I 
It, I mean, listen, I, I, I pulled almost pulled the trigger, I should say, on many of these horses, mm-hmm. um, several of them. It, in fact, it just was that kind of race for me that you can make a case for a lot of them. You know, the 10 redistricting is honestly the horse that I had put down. It's kind of penciled in as a horse. I think this is a it's almost one of those things for me where it's like, what do you, what do I make of this? This is not a move that Chad Brown does. He doesn't go straight from a main special weight into a grade one like this, mostly because he's got so many horses that he doesn't need to run a horse like this. He kind of can work his way in. In fact, he's 0 for 8 with three-year-old second-time starters going into graded stakes races in the last five years. So I was like, I don't know, but you got to take this move serious because that was a serious horse, serious effort on debut. I, I do think the waters could get too deep here for him. Um, so ultimately I didn't pick the foxes almost picked this one. Listen, I I'm having a tough time getting a read on him. I watched several of his replays. I think he's a really nice horse. The English Derby Derby. Uh, I thought even though the horse did finish fifth beating eight and a quarter, those two that won the Augusta Roden and King of steel, two really good horses came back to win. I know Augusta, came back to win in group one. I don't know about King of Steel, but both did come back to win. So obviously that was a hell of a race. This is a horse that's shown to, to win races um, in the past and impressive efforts. Won a Breeders' Cup uh, prep for the dirt or for the turf uh, mile um, last year as well. So I think this horse is in with a big time chance. It just hasn't wowed me. You know, I think that's the concern. Like, I don't know about you. Like, the horse I think could definitely win and is a grinding type horse, but you haven't seen that big wow effort from him. Yeah. I think the, the, the horses he's been up against really speak highly of him because, you know, he has been up against much better horses. I, I really feel like he's, he's one you have to use. Uh, if you're playing pick four, pick five, pick three, whatever. I, I just, I'm not sure he's one you have to put on top. If you want to bet a win or an exact, that's kind of where I'm at with him. But I, I just feel like it, it, and it depends on his price too. You know, if he's, if he floats up any from that price, you probably look for him to win. If he gets bet down, it's like, well, I'll play him in the pick fives and maybe that's it. I, I, I did the same thing. I watched all of his replays and I, I was fairly impressed with him for sure. And you, you certainly, when you watched uh, the horses that beat him uh, that last race, it's like, yeah, you're really impressed with those. Um, it's, I don't know. He's got like a weird action on the back end. Go watch his replays. He kind of he kind of swerves in and out on the back end. It, it's it's weird, and I think that's why you you kind of watch him. You go, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't like jump off the screen. I, I think he. It's almost like he's having trouble gripping the track at times. So, um, you know how how will that translate here? I'm not quite sure, but. I think he's a pretty darn good horse, and I think he could come over here and win, but. I, I don't know. I I'm with you. I'm not totally sold that he's some kind of like superstar horse. Yeah. And you know, like I, I, I kind of noticed what you're saying. I didn't see it specifically, but just kind of a weird runner, but also like he also got annihilated by those two. So sometimes you gotta be careful with that. You know, it's like, Oh, like look who he got beat by, but he also was well beaten by those two. And mm-hmm. he also got beat by two other horses you know, as well, that race. So it's like, yeah, your horse, you know, stumbled the start, was further back than he probably wanted to be. A lot of cases to be made there. I just don't think there's enough for me to pull the trigger on top. And let me tell you, this is going to be price dependent, 
the six to one kept flashing its lights at me every time I was handicapped. It was like six to one, six to one. <laughs> silver knot is way playable. And I know I, I don't think you're gonna get six to one, but you're certainly gonna get a better price than sub two to one, which is what he's been uh both times when he's came over here in the United States. I you know, I'm with you. I, I thought the more I watched the Penine Ridge, it wasn't an actually it wasn't a terrible effort by Silver Knot. He was coming, he was real close. Far bridge obviously got the jump. You know, this is a horse that's not ran this distance. You know, oddly enough, he's been running, you know, seven furlongs a mile, just recently stretched out to that mile and eighth in the Penine Ridge. And here we go, going a mile and a quarter. I think he might actually like this distance. And I know Applebee's been a little bit cold as far as the coming over here, but it just kind of feels like he's due to win with this horse. This horse has been knocking on the door too many times with the Breeders' Cup. Um, and then back in the Penine Ridge, I think he's due to win one. And you're finally getting a price that to me makes him very playable. So I I hate I I don't I I can't I think I was against him. I picked against him. I picked part far bridge in the Penine Ridge. I'm gonna go with him now. I'm back on Silver Knot. So I'm with you here. Speaking of Far Bridge, we'll go to the horse to the inside. Number five, Far Bridge. I know a lot of people were against him after the uh, American turf kind of going against him in that Penine Ridge. Did he make you a believer in that race? And do you think he can win here? I think he can. Yeah, I, I really like him. I, I thought he ran very well in, in, in that race. And I really thought, you know, he's just kind of he he's become consistent or he is consistent, not become. But he just kind of, you know, what he's going to do. He's going to come with a big run and. If he's good enough, he's going to win it. And I, I think he's got a shot here, especially if that pace kind of speeds up on him a little bit. And I think, honestly, I think the distance should really help him. He's an English channel. We know how they like to go long. So uh, I think Farbridge makes a ton of sense in here as well. I think he can win it. I Listen, I I think the, the four, the five, the six, the eight, the seven, the 10, the 11, I mean, they, I think they all here are here with a, with a big shot. So... I definitely think if Farbridge is going to get that set up, and if he does get that set up, he's going to be tough. You know, you talk another pace play for Chad Brown and Calic, the eight horse. You know, another horse that, you know, we talked about prerequisite earlier, you know, that stole the race last time out. Well, Penine Ridge, Calic did that exact same thing here, you know, holding off Farbridge and Silver Knot. This is a horse that's routed off three wins in a row. Each one has been a little bit longer than the last and has looked pretty damn good, but. That kind of feels like the horse is going to run out of luck with the distance getting longer and longer. It feels like in this race, it, it is going to be tough for, for this horse to go out to the lead and hold it like last time out. Last time, just got an easy lead. And, and like I said, going a mile and eighth, was able to hold it on. Boy, I just think that seven is going to cause problems for the eight. And I think that's going to be the, the biggest issue. I think the horse could go a mile and a quarter, but maybe not if pressured. So I think, I think that one's in a little bit of trouble this time around. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of, that's where I was led with the horse as well. I thought that was a kind of a, I don't know, like a very clear example of a horse that's just going to be a little bit in trouble with this, with the lead on top of, uh, kind of the longer distance. I think this is a horse that might get a little tired late where, and I don't know, I, I talked about the 10 redistricting redistricting, but did you, what thoughts did you put into this horse? Yeah, I thought about it for a while. Um, it's a weird move. Yeah, just kind of didn't didn't end up pulling the trigger on top. I, I'm still debating what to do with the pick five. That this is one that kind of feels like maybe 
Uh, you could throw in the pick five, and it would make sense if the horse wins. I mean, I think they're taking taking a shot at it, and I don't hate it. I couldn't get there with the horse on top, but uh, I think I prefer the 10 maybe over the eight. Maybe my words on that one. I don't know. I'm still kind of debating between those two. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting move. I like that Pratt is aboard uh, the 10 as well. You know, Nick Sievers, our boy Nick, he says, you know, it feels like a closer's race, but the seven wire with Johnny. Wizard of Westwood has been a horse that's tried to wire the last three races, got successfully did it last time out going a mile and a quarter. Johnny V gets the mount. He rode this horse uh, on the second start where he finished second. This, I mean, Santanita horse, Michael McCarthy. You, I mean, is this, is this uh, more than anything, is this like the horse that, destroys both himself and the eight uh, it's possible yeah I, I i i think it's gonna be one of those two get out to the front the seven's got a ton got like that california speed that sometimes they say but uh yeah, yeah for sure I, I i think i know magic kind of likes this horse as well i just couldn't get there as far as winning i don't know i, I just kind of feel like the seven the eight might bang heads but listen say the seven gets the jump on the eight gets ahead you know, wanted at this distance last time out, maybe can kind of take him gates where uh, usually as a rule of thumb, this isn't totally true all the time, but when a turf horse from California ships East, it doesn't usually go that well, but when a dirt horse from California ships East, it goes a heck of a lot better. So that's kind of where I'm at with the uh, wizard of Westwood kind of need this horse to prove it to me outside of uh, Santa Anita. All right. We didn't talk about this horse uh, much, so we'll talk about him real quick here. Number four, web slinger. Coming in off two wins, he won the American turf, the grade two American turf at 22 to one on uh, Derby Day. And, you know, it was a huge price. Came back, won at Church, as you said, survived Churchill Downs with another win. Uh, beat Middleson's March, didn't beat a great field, but did pretty nicely. You got to think, you know, beat Farbridge, beat Major Dude, who came back to win. Major Dude, we'll see on Friday, tomorrow at Belmont. Um, Farbridge obviously proved to be a nice horse in the Penine Ridge. Web Slinger, I mean, at this point, you got to take him pretty serious. How how are you playing him? Do you think he can win here as well? I do. Yeah, I, I do think. <laughs> Added to I the do. list, right? Yeah, I, I, I really do. It's funny, like the, the Belmont Oaks, it's like, yeah, I kind of think Bishop of Joy is going to get him. And then you get to this race, and it's like, oh, boy, there's a lot of them to play here. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think the horse can win. You know, the last race was kind of a meh type of race. Uh, there wasn't much in it. It was kind of a short field and, you know, beat Mendelssohn March, but not much else. I, I think, I think I'm going to, I don't, I think I'll end up leaving this horse off. Um, but definitely could come back to bite me. There's no doubt the horse looked too back, ran a terrific race and far bridge probably was unlucky not to win, but still those were really good horses. Major dude, like you said, really good horses and, and web slinger was able to win. So wouldn't be shocked. I, I, like I said, I got to make decisions on what ultimately I'm going to do uh, with the pick, uh, with the pick five. But yeah, can definitely win without any question. I mean, I'm with you. I think this is, you know, I, I watched a little bit of the Magic Mike show earlier with uh, Magic and, and Nick, and I, I think both of them went pretty deep in this leg. And I think you almost have to. I mean, because it's, I'm with you. I, I like Mission of Joy and the Oaks. This one, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's 11 horses in the field. I wouldn't be surprised if 
six different ones win. You know, I and I, I, I mean, the Foxes redistricting Calic. I mean, even though I'm kind of playing against, I mean, if the horse were to wire, it wouldn't be totally shocking. Uh, Silver Knot, Far Bridge, Web Slinger, there's six. I mean, that's not that hard to get to. So it, it definitely feels that kind of race that you could be right and you could be wrong at the same time. I'll tell you this. If he doesn't win here, Silver Knot, I'm done with him. And <laughs> and then what's going to happen is he will win the next one because that's what Wes Willpower did to us as well. Uh, Silver Knot is my top pick. Halterman's top pick as well to win the Belmont Derby. Kind of feels like... Uh, one of those horses, Silver Knot, that you're going to have, I hate to say it, you're going to have to chase because he's going to win. He's going to win one of these, whether it be this one, whether it be Saratoga, whether it be the Breeders' Cup. Like, he runs too good. He's got too good of a trainer. He's got too good of the connections. He's going he's gonna to run well, and he's going to win one of these. It's just, which one is it? How much money do you keep pounding on him? Yeah, this is about it for me. If you can't, well, I don't know, you say that. What if he runs a really good second or something? So, I well, just did. He runs well. I mean, other than you know, like one time overseas and the Guinness seat. I mean, he runs well pretty much every time. So it makes it hard to you know completely go against. And any everybody kind of um, you know has that horse where they chase, right? Like Kevin B said, silver knot is giving me order of Australia vibes. He couldn't get that horse, right? Maybe that's silver knot. You know, if he beats us again, that'd, that'd be three times. And it, if you say he runs well, I mean, listen, the breeders cup, he ran fantastic. He just got beat by a horse that just got a little bit better trip and was just really, really good also. And, you know, last time out, he didn't run bad at all. It just couldn't catch that loose leader. So we'll see. I don't know. I know he don't. I think the problem is, is that I I cash I cashed on him in that ex, in the exact of the Breeders' Cup, so I became a fan, right? And then you know you you throw out the one overseas, he comes back, he runs good, not great, but I gave gave you the vibe of okay, a little bit longer, maybe need you know give him another race here. So I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm stuck on him right at the moment. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, time for Rapid Fire presented by, how about the Belmont Derby Betting Bible? That's right. It is in the works right now. The Betting Bible is back after a little bit of an absence since the Belmont Stakes. We've been red hot in the last two legs of the Triple Crown, kind of redeemed ourselves in those two. And uh, it's back this weekend on the website. Be, be ready for that. I'll, I'll get it on the website soon. We're kind of with the 4th of July weekend and, or week and everything like that. Um, we're running a little bit behind in terms of when it's going to be available. It should be available tomorrow, Friday, Friday morning. So make sure you check that out at racingdudes.com. It's going to cover the entire card on Belmont Derby Day. Uh, all 12 races, several stakes races on the card. Great betting races, as we just kind of alluded to in those last two races we talked about. And you can see exactly how Halterman and I will be betting uh, the Belmont uh, Derby as well as the Belmont Oaks. Any of those races on the card. And, you know, I... I I'm coming in red hot in this thing, and I'm hoping to keep, kind of keep it going here. But I do think it's a tough card. So, you know, make sure you go get the betting Bible at racingdudes.com to learn more and to see who we're betting on the entire card. All right, let's kick things off here for Rapid Fire. We're going to go a couple of more at Belmont Park. We're going to go to Horseshoe Indianapolis. We're going to go to Prairie Meadows, Alterman's favorite track. We'll just give the mic to him for those, that segment. All right, let's go to 
Race number five earlier on the card at Belmont Suburban Stakes, grade two, worth 350K for four-year-olds and up. Going one and a quarter miles, field of five, small field here. Our good friend Charge It shows up for the mile and a quarter race at three to five. Are you betting him at three to five? I mean, this is quite the class drop. And that's, I guess, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play him to win, but I kind of like him. I I think he should probably win this thing. He looks like the only speed in the race as well. So, uh, yeah, I like charge it uh, to win this one. I do like tonal impact, the one horse. Um, I think that's the other logical one to use here uh, with Linda Rice. Um, But, I I mean, look, as as much as you kind of want to poke fun at charge it and as much as he deserves that, I I have no words if he can't beat these horses. Uh, he he looks pretty darn good in this race. I mean, listen, I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on the done with him list for for now for Charger. Yeah. I I can't. He's looked horrendous those the last really three efforts. I guess he's not terrible in the Gulfstream Park Mile, but. He just does not look like, and I get it, major class drop, you know, and he's been beat by really good horses, you know, Cody's Wish and Zandon and White Barrio and Proxy and Last Samurai Stiletto Boy. But he's shown me nothing that shows, hey, even the class drop, he'll get it done. I just think he'll find a way to screw it up. Now, I agree with you. He should win. He, We don't know how good he'll be. I mean, he's ran in the mile and a quarter once. That was a derby, and you can toss that, really, but... He seems like, I mean, he should be a horse that should love this distance, right? You mm-hmm. know, like if he's, a, he can be an idiot the whole race, but if he can just get it done late, maybe he can, you know, he can at least outwheel some of these horses. I feel good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing against, you know, just, I, I doubt I play this race at all just because it's that kind of race. But number one, Tonal Impact, you said it. That's the horse that I want here. Linda Rice, you know, this is the horse that's rattled off two straight wins. You know, a horse that has won. Uh, at Belmont, two starts and two or two tries and two wins. At this distance, three three starts, three seconds runs well at this distance, and she seems to have him running well as of late. And so, if there's a horse to upset or whatever you wanted want to call that upset, charge it. Uh, I like him. I kind of like Unbridled Bomber a little bit as well, sneaky play, I guess. But this is just one of those races that it's like one of those races that you're gonna have to watch but like watch with like one eye closed kind of and just like uh, i don't know like we'll see what happens here charge it straight to the classic after this right <laughs> i don't know what you do with him that's the weird thing right i i guess you would take him up to saratoga and maybe point for like uh the jockey club right that, that's the last weekend where it doesn't get that tough of a feel i don't think you want to mess with him in the whitney but Listen, based off of where he's entered, Todd Pletcher doesn't know what you do with him either. Agree. Yeah. He has no idea. He's like, well, maybe we try this. We'll try. Yeah. We'll just try everything. It's a great point. Next yeah. thing you know, he'll be on turf. All right, let's go to race 11, the victory ride stakes, grade three, uh, worth 175K for Phillies, three-year-olds, going six and a half furlongs, field of eight. Shows up here, nine to five on your five, Maple Leaf Mill. <laughs> Yeah. Man, I tried to hold it as long as I could. Uh, what do you think? Um, I went against Maple Leaf Mel. I, I do like the horse quite a bit, but I went number eight, a red carpet ready on top here. I just think this horse going uh, this this distance with six and a half, seven, you know, six. I, I think this horse is super good. You look at the race last time out in the eight bells, was able to beat Money's Gold. 
Now, look, I know Money's Gold didn't get the, get a great ride by a lot of people's standards, but still, Red Carpet Ready made it very tough and was able to beat her. You know, you look at the other races that were uh, at seven furlongs and six and a half, really sharp races. I really like Red Carpet Ready in this in this spot here, uh, fully knowing, though, that Maple Leaf Mel is a very, very good horse and will be tough to beat. But give me Red Carpet Ready. Yeah, you know, I, I actually like the the post position for, for the eight. Um, I know the horse has shown speed and, and can definitely win gate to wire, but I like the fact that there seems to be some speed in here. Dazzling Blue is an interesting horse for Brad Cox that, you know, has looked really good. Has never been close to losing a race. I think that's kind of the wild card of the race. Could be anything. The numbers have been kind of light, both in buyers and time form, um, which is why I kind of stayed away on the win side. Obviously, Maple Leaf Mel, lots of speed. There's a lot of speed in the race. This six has speed. So I think if the eight can kind of sit that stalking trip that size did last time out in the eight bells, I think uh, I think she'll be really tough here. So I'm with you. I think she's going to be uh, my top play here. And I honestly, I think she's she's single bull in this race just because of the way the race sets up, um, that you're not you're playing against a favorite in a sense, even though I do think she will be you know lower than three to one. I think she's an it's a nice uh, uh, spot for her. Uh, and I think uh, she'll be loaded here for, for Saez and uh, George Arnold. So red carpet ready. I'm with you on this one as well. Let's go to Horseshoe Indianapolis on Saturday. Race 12, the Indiana Derby. It's a grade three. We're 300K for three-year-olds going one and one sixteenth miles. Field of nine. Uh, have you heard uh, where race Kane's going to run? I have not. No, that's a good good question. I, I don't know the answer to that yet as of right now. Race Kane has entered both this race and uh, the Iowa Derby as well. So I don't know which one. Maybe he's going to run both. Um, we'll see. But Field of Nine, as of now, shows up for the Indiana Derby. Eight to five on verifying. Altman can can verifying finally win a race. Is he is he found the race that he can win? I I mean, how how can he not win? I'm sorry. Like I, that's not. These horses aren't that good, I guess. Let's let's back up and say that. Like, you look at the race last time out, he, he lost to Disarm. Well, Disarm would be a huge favorite in here if he was here, you know? And so, and it was, they were well clear of everybody else in that race. You look at the race again at, uh, he, beat, he got beat by Tapatrice. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad thing, but still, <laughs> they were well clear of everybody else. It seems like this is way his race to lose. And, and if long as he shows up and runs a nice, you know, a solid effort, he seems a lot better than this group to me. I didn't think this drew quite as well as it usually does. Uh, large field, and that's great, but I didn't think it drew the quality that it that it has been in the past. No, I did not. I, and it's pretty, and it, you can say that when you know that he is like the like he's a horse that hasn't won in a minute and it's like yeah i think he's a clear horse to win here uh, you know he hasn't won since allowance race at oakland in january where he looked like you know the derby favorite and uh you know he's caught some tough fields he's you know he, he ran a huge race in the bluegrass even though tapatrice is kind of a piece of shit he still ran a huge race they both ran big races that day um the derby was an absolute joke and then the matt win I thought he ran a nice race. It was a weird day, of course, with the slop and stuff. Disarm, I think, is turning into a really nice horse, just in general. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad loss. Cutting back from the mile, you know, hasn't ran a mile 16th in a minute. 
Um, so I think that's a nice little uh, bonus here for him, a horse that likes to go quick, have some speed. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet him because I don't trust him, and 8-5 to five is going to be turning to, like, 4-5 to five probably. Mm-hmm. But he should win, right? Like, I don't know what he is. I don't know, like... That's the other thing. I don't know what he what you do with him. I guess you just run in these races like these for him because I don't think he's that good. But like he can't compete in the Travers or something I, like that. I would take him to West Virginia next. Just follow the outside circuit, you know. And then I yeah, then I'd take him to Oklahoma, Oklahoma Derby, you know, go go that kind of that that kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely do some damage in those races, I think. Um mm-hmm. so We'll see. Just like uh, a few of these horses were like, he should win, right? I think he should win. All right. Uh, We're both on number five, verifying to win the Indiana Derby. All right, let's go uh, later in the day and over to Prairie Meadows for the uh, Iowa Racing Festival. Race eight on the card on Saturday night. This is 9 o'clock, 9.09 specifically, Central um, on Saturday night. So like Halterman said earlier, you get all this out of your system. You get to watch the Belmont. You get to watch Indiana. And then you go into Iowa, do some night racing. Race eight, the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker handicap. It's a grade three worth 300K for three-year-olds and up going one and one-eighth miles. Uh, Phil the 10 lines up here, Halterman. And, you know, it's a, like I said in the opening, it's, it's kind of turned into a race that you see some nice horses come in and not just come in, but have done some damage later in the year. In fact, we've got a couple classic wins under our belts from this race. So, 7-2 on our boy, Ain't Life Grand for Kelly Von Hemel. Uh, all the way to the outside, you've got 9-2 on Call Me Fast, 3-1 on Skippy Longstocking, Warrant, uh, Warrant <laughs> I try to say Warrant, and 4-1 to one at the same time. Warrant at 4-1, to one, Frosted Grace at 5-1. to one. Warrant was the favorite of this race last year. Who did not win either so where are you going i think i know but uh, try to look at this from a non-biased mind please well you can't do that so i, I <laughs> am not capable of doing that yeah i went number 10 ain't life grand on top here uh look i mean he he won the iowa derby last year against open company right here at this track he loves this track he's at home so that's the good news um he beat open company at oakland park the lake of wachita stakes pretty similar to this one honestly um from a talent standpoint look skippy Longstocking and call me fast are coming in here and i i think they're dangerous without any doubt i think they're dangerous horses but I think eight life grand he can compete with these and i think he can beat these and you look at the race last time out in the jim rasmussen i mean he absolutely dominated that group and so he's won back to back he's run back to back 100 buyers you know the word is he's still doing very very well i think i think he's gonna get the job done i think eight life grand could beat these horses so i'm gonna go with a 10 on top uh to make it uh an iowa bred winning the cornhusker fitting right i mean mm-hmm. it needs to happen i listen i i went into this race thinking okay i know halter's probably gonna pick a life grand and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go into this looking at him as a favorite trying to beat the favorite like i do every race and yeah i mean sure he there's there's a you know it, it's it's prairie meadows and weird things can happen these aren't the greatest of horses but listen ain't life grand has ran nine times at Prairie Meadows. Obviously, it's kind of his home track. Seven of those were wins. Mm-hmm. Seven to nine. Two wins, or two of them were thirds. Now, 
he's definitely got him running as best as he's ever ran or been running. Like he's he's rattled off back to back triple digit buyers. This is a horse that went and ran in the Travers last year after dominating both the Iowa Derby and the Iowa Stallion. He he definitely did not get the best of trips, kind of set the pace there and, and faded in the Travers. But obviously a horse that's got talent, the way he's been running. And this definitely feels like a race that not only sets up for him, kind of come running late, but because I kind of looked at it like, okay, like, oh, you know, call me fast. That's a horse that I think is very interesting. A horse that's yep. been beat back-to-back races by Rattle and Roll. Rattle and Roll obviously proved to be a nice horse. Um, and Stephen Foster last weekend makes a lot of sense. But then you're like, ah, you know, you never know. Like, how's this horse going to run at Prairie Meadows and, and things like that? What's well, like, well, I know how Lightning Life Grand's going to run at Prairie Meadows because that's where he runs. He loves the track. And, and by the way, it's not like he's been running like 90 buyers. Like, he fits. He, he yep. fits more than anyone. The wild card here, well, I say wild card, is Skippy Longstock. What Skippy do we get? Because if, if you get the Skippy that, you know, that has you know won the the Harlan, uh, that uh, won the Challenger, then the West Virginia Derby, you're probably gonna get beat. You know he's mm-hmm. pro- but if you get the Ben Ali or the Pegasus or the Pennsylvania Derby, then you're gonna you'll beat him. I mean I don't know like I, I don't know what you do with Skippy Longstocking, but I don't I'm not gonna play him. So I'm with you. I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon. Well, I, I'm going to pull out my eight laugh grand hat that we got at Saratoga last year. I'm going to be rooting his ass home on Saturday I, night. I just feel like he makes a lot of sense in this spot. I'm with you. I said on the preview, if the if we get the best Skippy Longstocking, I don't know that eight life grand can beat him. And I don't, that's really not a knock on eight life grand. If you remember, after Skippy Longstocking ran that race on the New Year's Eve at the at, at Gulfstream, I thought he could win the Pegasus, and so did you, obviously. And so. It's like he is really good when he's really good, but he was really bad when he's not. And so if he comes up here and he kind of throws in a clunker, it's there for anybody, including Ain't Life Grand. And I think the home track advantage and as good as they've got him going and as good as Kelly is at picking a spot and the horse firing, I think he'll show up with a big race. Whether he wins or not, we'll see. But I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't run well. Yeah, and there's a there's a decent amount of uh, uh, speed in the race as well. You know, horses that you know, Giant Game and Promise Keeper. Um, you know, Skippy has been shown that he wants to go. Sometimes Fleet Ridge, Frosted Grace, Warrant. Obviously, I think Warrant probably be on the lead. Um, this feels like the race is kind of like shaping up for him to kind of you make that move where it's like, all right, here he comes. Can he get there? Is he good enough? Man, what a story it'd be. Because listen. Kelly, listen, if you're listening, like you win this, you'd better run the classic. Okay. <laughs> I want to see that horse at the classic. Give that horse another shot at the big time race because the Travers was not his best effort that day. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't think we're going to the classic, but uh, uh, yeah, listen, I, I, I do think uh, there's bigger races for him in his future, but he, I was talking to Kelly about it last time I was up there, and he said, well, look, let's see if he can win the big race at his home track, and then we'll go from there. You know, so that's that's more than fair, right? And I've said it before on, on other shows, but, you know, the, the owners are from Iowa, and the owners go and pet that horse and feed him peppermints every night after the races. So they enjoy having him at home. This is not 
you know, some huge breeding farm in Kentucky that owns the horse and they never go see him and they just say, go run an all grade ones. This is, I mean, he's not a pet, but he's yeah. their horse. He, they love him and they want him at home. So what the fuck? Well, you can't, you can't argue with that, right? Let him go do it. Let him, let him go pet their horse every night. I, I, I have no, uh, you know, problem with that. So, well, shit. I mean, the way he runs over out there, I mean, he's about to be a millionaire mm-hmm. ATM machine. That's a pet. So, yeah. I mean, they could be horse pets, and uh, he's, you know, his sire is not this time. I'm sure, he could be bred and uh, and do quite well as a as, a, as at least a a uh, Iowa mm-hmm. uh, stallion one day. So I'm sure, you know, he might never leave Iowa. But you know, we'll find <laughs> out what he does in the. In the Cornhusker, but these two dudes are picking a life grand to win this race and uh, hope the guy gets it done. All right, let's go to the last one here. Race nine, the Iowa Derby, 250K for three-year-olds. Won one one sixteenth miles, field of 14. Goodness, uh, lines up here. I still, I, I kind of, I lost track. I was, I was on Twitter trying to figure out where uh, this horse is going to run race Kane, but I haven't seen yet. But three to one on eyeing Clover. Uh, for Brad Cox, Santana gets them out here. Bo Cruz at 92. Raise Kane for the time being is 4 to 1. Where are you going here, Alterman? This seems like, are you going to the, the Kelly Von Hemel double with Big Luke? Boy, uh, I was up there when Big Luke won his stakes. And I'm telling you, they were really happy with him. And they were they thought he would run well, and he did. And But the problem is, you know, first time facing, you know, well, first time stretching out, number one. I think that's, you know, uh, they think he's going to run very well going two turns. They think he's a better two-turn horse, but this is a tough challenge stepping up to face open company two turns for the first time. I don't think he can win. I think he'll run okay. I would be disappointed if he was towards the back. I think he can get up there and run okay, but couldn't go with him to win here. Um, I I debated this for a while. There's so much speed in the race. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a closer here. Then I looked at the closers and I can't take it. I don't, I can't do it. They're not that good. So I thought, who's the horse that could sit off the pace that are, that's from that hot pace. I think Bo Cruz, the six horse will be able to kind of sit the trip. I think he will uh, allow the jock to sit off the pace, kind of be patient. And I think we'll make a big run at the end, kind of get first run on those horses up front. So I went with number six, Bo Cruz on top. There you go. You can't pick race King because Kevin B says, Race Kane runs at Indiana per DRF. So I didn't want to pick him anyway, so that's okay. You don't won't, won't pick him either. It didn't matter to me because I won't pick him in either place. But yeah. um, I Clover is a horse that could be that, but I just don't know that he's quite good enough. Um, but a horse that seemingly could sit off the pace a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like West Coast Cowboy maybe could a little. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I'm against Safi. I'm team anti Safi. You listen. I mean, I, I kind of teased it earlier. Um, how about the three heroic move for Deodoro now off of the Brad Cox claim? This is a, and not just that. It's like the horse wasn't bad. We won a maiden special weight. Didn't run well the next time out. But past that, you know, the horse finished third. Then the last race at uh, Churchill Downs, we're going a mile. Didn't run too bad there. Now he gets to Deodoro. You know, you talked about a horse that maybe will get sit off of it a little bit. Maybe this horse is not on the pace, but right off of the pace. I like. I, listen, I'll be very clear. I do not like this race. I do not like it one bit. Yeah. Um. So I'm taking a shot with the price. I also liked. Uh, what number was that? The nine. 
Black Powder. I think that's an interesting horse for Steve Asmussen. Uh, Le Peru gets the mount. Listen, it's a horse, that's a horse that won back-to-back races, kind of looked very nice, like a nice horse. And I don't know what the Texas Derby was, just completely didn't show up whatsoever. But here he goes. He brings him in here. Nice bred, nicely bred horse. Wouldn't be surprised if that horse comes back and, and runs a much improved race, but certainly much improved off that Texas Derby. Texas Derby. Um, so I like the nine quite a bit is here at 10 to one. And I like the three at 12 to one heroic move. Um, I'm going to be looking to kind of sprinkle those horses in and do a couple of different spots to try to, um, you know, get some, get a price home. Cause I just don't lie. Like you talked about the, uh, the, the Indiana Derby. This is, this is not a good race, What it never really is that great of a race. I guess it, it's, it's different this year because it drew 14 horses. So it's like, wow, that's insane that it drew 14 horses, but you're right. I mean, there's no horse coming in here. It's like, Oh, this is a beast. No, no, not. I mean, all. there's not even, um, let's see. I'm trying to look here just real quick. Uh, I guess how did, how did he do that? Ran in the smarty Jones. I was going to say there's no horse even ran in a derby prep, but, uh, Dennington, there's a few in here that you know had ran in some of those. Obviously, Ray's Kane doesn't count because he just sucks. But I mean, really, he ran a lot better than a lot of horses did in the Derby. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why I, I said you know if Big Luke is like tenth in this race, I'll be kind of surprised. I think he can hold his own. He yeah, stretches out and gets a halfway decent trip. I don't think he'll run all that bad because I I don't think there's like world beaters in this race by any stretch. No not at all uh west coast cowboy was in the holy bull finished third in the holy bull to rock yeah. can shadow dragon remember that mm-hmm. feels like a lifetime ago all right um i've got number three heroic move halterman's got number six Bo cruz what if it what if an iowa bred won the iowa derby two races or two years in a row what if kelly wins both of these races how crazy will the party be at the barn that night I don't think I'll be able to come home Sunday <laughs> to stay an extra night. If either of them win, it's going to be pretty wild. Well, sir, I mean, I would say, well, obviously both of them would be big for them, but definitely ain't life grand just because of oh, yeah. the following. And, you know, when we were like, when we went, we, of course we would have been there anyways, but we went out there for the Travers and it was just so neat to see everybody, all our friends and um, that we normally just see at Iowa at saratoga you know all the same people and i mean this is it's a fan club you know people might laugh like you know but and there's horses like that all around the country this is a fan club of around this horse um and so it would be it'd be huge yeah i mean it really would it it would be incredible uh i I, yeah that that traverse thing was really weird because it's like it's so weird but so awesome to see you guys here like I told the stories like we would used to get drunk and talk about, oh, yeah, that's always going to happen there. He's going to make it one day. And then it happened. And we're like, really? This is happening? That's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. We, Halter and I, like, we, you know, I, I would tell, I was like, tell him to go, tell him to send the Travers. You know, we would just joke about it. And it was like, yeah. oh, shit. Okay. They're going to do it. So, and <laughs> the fact that Kelly did it, because that's how Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> So if both of them win, I'll do it. If both of them win, I'll get up on Husker Butch and take him around. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If both of them win, I don't think I'll have time to get there. But I was going to say, if both of I well, I might. After I'll, come the, I, with you. I'll get in the car immediately. Get you. 
and try to get there in time to see Altman, and I'll get a video of that for you guys. <laughs> um, all right, that's all the time we have. Check us out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks on our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes premium button at the menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember, go check out the Best Bets page at RacingDudes.com as well. You can see exactly um, not only what we're betting, but how we have bet these, you know, not only just horse racing, um, but, you know, baseball, any sport that's going on where we're betting those sports, obviously MLB being big right now. Um, gearing up, I do a lot of horse racing. Um, had an up and down weekend last weekend. Uh, kind of finished the weekend strong, though. Uh, but I try to focus on horse races as much as I can. Obviously, with Saratoga and Del Mar coming back soon, uh, I'll be we'll be focused on that. So go to Best Bets, and you want to see exact, not just like a list of plays, like exactly what we're betting. This exact. If you like the betting Bible, it's a lot like that. We're specifically telling you what to bet. Speaking of the betting Bible, make sure you go get your hands on that at RacingDudes.com. Um, I'm going to get the pre-sale going here as soon as we're off here. Um, so at least people can start um, purchasing that. And, of course, we'll be available on Friday for the uh, Belmont Derby whole card at Belmont Park on Saturday. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places you listen to. We are there as well as the Magic Mike Show. Um, they did the Belmont Park Saturday late pick five. Uh, it was uh, so much is uh, away on vacation, so it's uh, – it was uh, uh, Magic and Nick Seaver. So if you want their pick five tickets, make sure you check out the Magic Mike show. Um, I know it's we're running kind of long here, but I've seen a few comments that we should probably get to. Okay. Uh, I saw you pull that up. Any thoughts on the ousting of Anthony Stable at, in Naira? I, I pulled it up because I did not know that happened. I knew it happened. You didn't know that happened? Mm-mm, I don't think it, so. It kind of like I don't know the details because mm. not a big fan of stable, so I don't really care. But the way it sounded is that he, he kind of got shit on a little bit. I don't know what exactly mm. happened though. Really, I I didn't know. I don't I don't have any. I mean, I don't know him one way or another. I don't I don't really know. So, um, but I didn't think he was. I thought he did okay on the shows and stuff. So I I, I didn't I didn't know about that. Um, shot. Yeah, I, I I keep getting bumped for my alien talk. You know, I I, I was gonna do it on on the I text Halterman. I was like, hey, when are you guys recording? Because I had the boys until like three this afternoon, and he's like, oh, we did it at noon. So I didn't get it on. So um, we can talk about the aliens at some point. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow one alien question, and then yeah, if you have a would you rather, um, I bet, dude, we play me and the boys, we we play would you rather like. 10 times a day. We have, some good ones. we have some good ones too. And, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to remember what, I don't know. Think of one, uh, somebody and you will, will mm. answer it. Um, Kevin says he's a piece of shit since we are calling out on his show. What happened? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Says he's a hothead. I, I don't know. Not, yeah, I don't, I don't know him really, but no. just never been this huge fan. Um, but what I said, what it sounded like was it something, it wasn't on, how do I put this? It definitely, it didn't feel like it was kind of surprised. It wasn't on the up and up. So, hmm. Okay. I don't know. Well, it just, he was just like gone one day and then, yeah. See, I'm not, I don't follow any of it anymore. I'm not, I'm, I'm not up on all the gossip. So, oh man. Um, You got any final thoughts? 
Uh, no, Saratoga next week. So there's that. That's a big thought. I'm so excited. I've said it many times. I don't know that I've ever been more excited for Saratoga to start back. I don't know why, but I just am this year. Very excited to be there. It's perfect. That's why. Halter and I will be there several times this year. So if you're going to Saratoga, make sure to hit us up or ask us to come here and uh, we'll try to meet up. Uh, Ooh, good stuff here. That's... Would you rather ride a motorcycle with no helmet or a doorless Jeep with no seatbelt? I would go the Jeep. Uh, I think I'd go the motorcycle. Mm-mm. I just Not rode the, I was at my parents' over you know the Fourth of July and they had the four wheeler out. It's like a it's like a two fifty, but I mean I guess four wheeler is different than a motorcycle. But I was flying around on that thing with no helmet, so I guess that's the answer. I too many bad stories about motorcycles. Give me the Jeep, doorless Jeep with no seatbelt. <laughs> what did Papa Dude ask a question about what's the worst way to die? Yeah, he's like, How would you how do you want to die or something like that? It was like, okay, that's not good. Sometimes he does bad ones. <laughs> uh would you rather marry Brittany Urton or Maggie Wolfendell? If they if she, if she was I know, I know both of our answers. Yeah, me too. So you can put, I won't say it, but you can just kind of put the words with what's right underneath Alterman and mm-hmm. what's kind of close to mine. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, that's been a long standing. Uh, we've known that for a long time. Uh, let's see. Would you rather party with Linda Rice or Gina Antonucci? <laughs> I don't know. I think Gina, she's, she seems fun. Why? Like, how would you know that? <laughs> Just how she acted at the Belmont. That's all. Well, yeah, she was she was very like excited. Yeah, yeah. Plus Linda Rice. I mean, maybe her mom, but not not Linda. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. Would you rather be a Yankee fan at the game currently, or be in my shed full of snakes? <laughs> I would take the Yankee game. I've been to a Yankee game very similar to this uh, this game happening right now, Kevin B. That was uh, fr- uh, excuse me Saturday at Bush Stadium. It was eleven to nothing before you could bat an eye. It's thirteen to nothing Orioles right now. So um, saddest thing, there was a little kid in a Yankees like uniform, and he had a sign. He said, "It's my first Yankees game," and we looked at him and we were like, "Oh my god." They're behind 11 to nothing in the third inning. That is sad. <laughs> so how was that? That was for your first game in a while, wasn't it? It's like, yeah, it was game. Yeah, for, definitely. First baseball game in a while. It was fun. Uh, the, the, the first, so it was a double header because it got rained out Friday. Rain came in the seventh for two hours and it was 11 to one when the rain came. And I was like, yeah, we should probably get out of here, you know, but then it was like, they started kind of saying, hey, if you had a ticket for game one, you can stay for game two. And I thought, yeah, we'll stick around. We saw the radar. I was like, yeah, it's going to clear up. So we stay. We were maybe one of a thousand people still left in the stadium. So we sat in the first row right behind the Yankees dugout for about five or six innings, a couple innings of the last game and then three innings of the second game or the first game and then three innings for the second game. So that was really cool. It turned out to be cool because of that. But before that, it was kind of a disaster. Was uh, was the bar open the whole time while they were in the rain? Delay? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That, that made it that made it better than. Yeah, it. Bush Stadium's got some, and I'm sure other stadiums are doing this now. It's crazy. Like it's like a convenience store at the ballpark. So you can go in and get any kind of alcoholic beverage you want. Like it's like going into a convenience store. And you go get it and you just self check out and you're, you're, you're way you go. You get it in like a minute. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of those at, uh, at the Springfield Cardinals stadium. They have huh. one of those and that's not everywhere, but just one of the say, I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty sweet. Like you just walk in, get what you want. And, uh, you don't have to, you know, wait in line and all that stuff. Like it seems pretty sweet. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and like I said, I've been to a lot of stadiums, but I hadn't seen that before. So maybe that's a baseball thing or a St. Louis organization thing. I don't know. Would you rather go to the Kentucky Derby? Which okay. sounds funny, but let's say that. But would you rather go to the Kentucky Derby or would you rather go to... Oh, this is a good one, actually. Would you rather go to the Kentucky Derby... Or would you rather go to Prairie Meadows, the Iowa Racing Festival on Saturday night? Iowa Racing Festival on Saturday night. That's not <laughs> even close. Not even close. See, most people would be would hear that and be like, "You're nuts." My interest in ever going to Churchill Downs again is close to zero. Yeah, that's fair. It just is. <laughs> would you rather meet Bob Baffert? By the way. My answer would be Prairie Meadows as well. <laughs> now, I'll say this. If I hadn't been to, to the Derby, you know, we've been multiple Fair. times, I would yep. say the Derby. But Fair. being that we've been, I'm like, I'm kind of over it uh, for the time being. Uh, would you rather meet Bob Baffert or Safi Joseph in a dark alley? Oh, Bob Baffert, for sure. Bob Baffert is a, was, has always been very friendly um, to us. Safi Joseph, I think, I, no, I would want to meet him in a dark alley. Yeah, because... Yeah, I, I'm with you. So I don't I don't think I would want um Travers or Whitney weekend preference. Both is the answer is the correct answer, Kevin. Both is definitely the correct answer. Um Whitney is a little less hectic. So I, I would yeah. probably say Whitney because that's it's a little less hectic, but for the racing and, and, and for what that is and how that town just kind of explodes, Travers is really good too. So they're two great weekends, probably two of my favorite weekends uh, on the whole year. Um, yeah, the racing caliber is higher on the Travers Day yeah, or weekend, but the Whitney's a lot more chill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I those are probably my two, two of my favorite days, if not my two favorite days at the track, are those two days. I had a good one. No, I forgot it. That's a good one, though. Um. Yeah, we actually went last both times, at least last year. I remember we went the last year before that too, but both are really fun. And it really depends. Like, you know, we've gotten like last year's Whitney was really good. Mm -hmm. um, kind of depends on who's going to, you know, this year's Whitney seems like it might be really good. The 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 the, the issue with with Saratoga is you've got to when you go to Saratoga, you have to just one, you have to make your reservations and all that prior. You got to get everything in place. So that way you can just go and just like, like you say, traffic is brutal. Well, don't worry about traffic. Just hang out, mm -hmm. walk, go walk, go walk to the horseshoe after, mm -hmm. after the racing's over and then let that settle down a little bit. And then, you know, the key is like have a late reservation 
dinner reservation. Sometimes we've seen like where people have to leave like middle of the day for the races because you have to get your reservation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wait, make it late. Make it like nine or ten, late as you can. Work your way there. That, to me, that's the best thing to do. Um, I totally agree. Also, I I kind of got my own little back way into the track now that avoids a lot of traffic. Um, so uh, if I go over, uh, kind of park in between the harness track and the actual track over in those neighborhoods, the traffic is not too bad. So, and I, you do have to walk a little ways to get to the track, but not, not as far as you would think. So that's kind of my little spot. Uh, I have always kind of thought that's kind of a little hidden gym over there in that, that part of the, the neighborhood. And if you get there early enough, you can park on the street for free. You just get Ricky to take you around. Uh, or you could just, that's my little spot over there and I'll just <laughs> do that. <laughs> Rob wants to know what's your favorite track food. At Saratoga, it would be it would definitely be the Shake Shack. That's of that's course. the best uh, track food. I'm not a big fan of any of the track food I've had, honestly. Um, but uh, Shake Shack at Saratoga for sure. Well, honestly, we're we're more concentrated on betting and beer when we're at the track or drinks, I should say, yeah. to be specific. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Shake Shack. By the way, the chicken sandwich at Shake Shack is a sneaky good option. Most people oh. don't think of the yeah. chicken sandwich at Shake Shack, but it is. Um, my best, the best food I've ever had at the track was Belmont. Well, I think they have it every year, but they have food trucks at Belmont steaks day or whatever, you know, like the Belmont and they have a, they had a food truck that's, it's serving crab rolls. And that's like one of my favorite foods all time is a crab roll. And my goodness, it's worth it. It's like like 30 bucks. I don't care. They're insanely good. Yeah. Um, you do eat it a lot. Yes. Let's see. There's good ones coming in. Appreciate it, guys. Would you rather listen to Annie Sterling or Matt Carruthers for picks? Boy, that is that is that is that is bad. I mean, I've been in this long enough. I don't I don't make fun of those people because I can miss them just as easy. So I won't I'm not gonna comment on that one. <laughs> I don't want that bad juju. I okay, I guess I I don't know. Man, I I actually have grown. Andy Sterling's grown on me. Where I actually, because I actually like that he, I respect his game. Let's put it that way. I know what he's doing. You know, I know he's tr- putting out, you know, some hot tickets. Right. You know, he's saying stuff that might get people a little bit on, you know, going. And I get that. You know, that's part of the game, right? You, you know, especially in our business. And so I understand. I respect the game from a pick standpoint. I don't think he's a terrible handicapper. I have seen instances where I'm like, whoa, you know, that's, that's wild that you would say that. Um, there was one recently that I, I can't remember who it was. It was. Uh, he didn't, he didn't like Caravelle. That's one that you. Oh yeah. He would pick Caravelle if she was like 10 to one or something like 20 to I thought, one. I think he said like 40 to one. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's wild. Um, you know, but like I said, that's what he does. And I, I kind of respect that a little bit. It is what it is. Like I they they're doing a job. You know, I don't I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna I don't get into the whole making fun of people anymore. That's just not it's um, whatever, you know. I I think they both play Andy for sure plays a character on TV. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't really kind of realize. I don't really think Andy Serling when he's on TV is the Andy Sterling you see at night at Saratoga. 
you know, well, we've seen him out multiple times yeah. at night and he's just, he's yeah. it's just normal, you know, yeah. it, to be completely honest. And it, it, I don't, I don't want to get this started like shit talking or anything, but I don't, I don't watch TVG. I really couldn't tell you about anybody they've got on there. I don't, I don't watch it. And it's, it's not cause I hate them. It's not because I, you know, it's just, I watch the, like the track feeds. I usually turn on like FS1 or FS2, wherever it's on, and watch yes, the day of the races, too. and then just leave it on. Um, if it, if I if a race is like not being shown on there, then I'll just turn it on the track feed. You know, <laughs> I don't really watch TVG either. So yeah, um, that's all. It's like it's fading down. Did you have a good Fourth of July? Uh, I did. Yeah. Did you do anything? Yeah. I had a had a good time. No, I just went over to my dad's and kind of just messed around. Did you buy fireworks? No, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Let me tell you something about buying fireworks. Okay. It's a racket. Okay. It now, that my, now that my kids are growing up and we, you know, Cohen is, it, there, there's a part of it where as a dad, you're like, it's fun to like, help them light the fuse and all that stuff. Like, because that's part of what I was taught. And it's just like, it seems insane, right? Like, Oh, let's go help my kid light a firework. And right. Put his head above it. Um, but I guess that's what you do in America, but uh, it's crazy. The amount of money you walk out. So, but I spent over $200 on fireworks and it took us, and by the way, I think the, out of like my, my brother-in-law and my dad, like the, all of us almost spent like 500 bucks, maybe close to 500. And we went through those in probably like an hour max. Wow. It's crazy. That's we used to buy them and have a big thing. And then we just like, well, why don't we just like look around the neighborhood and everybody's shooting them and we can just enjoy that we used to do the same thing and we would try to get these crazy ones. And it's like, we'd start like we have our calculators, you know, and we start when it's like, geez, we've got like $400 worth of stuff here. Like this is stupid. So then you put half of it back and then you do them. And it's like, well, this isn't even like half as good as the people shooting around us. So why are we, why do we keep buying them? So we kind of stopped. The problem is I have a major, major issue with telling my kids. No. Yeah. And you do. We were in the fireworks stand and, I look over and both Cooper and Cohen have their own baskets and they're just, we got the, we got the checkout and Cohen had like, I, I think like 14 or something parachutes. And I was like, dude, dude, we and they're at the very bottom. So I didn't see him until we were checking out. And I was like, we don't need that many. No. And he's like, he, he's like, here, put these back and give me like three. <laughs> so we shot off like 10 parachutes uh, that were probably like at least a buck or two a piece. And so, you just, you know, they both want their stuff and, and you're like, oh, you know, Cooper's a little easier because these are smaller, but yeah, they're just like piling shit in there and you it, get to the it, checkout and what are you supposed to do? So it's only going to get worse. <laughs> Nick says his favorite thing to do is to tell him no and make his kids cry. Well, I mean, you may have to I start mean, doing it because it's only going to work. They're young, dude. Like I know. I know. Yeah, I Yesterday, Kevin, we had ice cream before dinner. So, oh my god! Yeah, we were at a, we went to Costco and and I was getting like everybody's been to Costco. They have like the food bar and stuff, and you can get like a snack when you're leaving. And 
we always do that and they were out of ice cream for some reason and i was like and they were like oh i wanted ice cream i was like all right let's go to andy's and you told me they're sick you wonder why they're sick you're letting them eat ice cream before their dinner come on no it's helping them Helping them with what? Help ice. Name a kid that ice cream doesn't help them feel better. Well, and no kids. It's not medicine. <laughs> it is. It's it is. Kevin, <laughs> there's no snakes uh, in his house either. So yeah, exactly. Um, dude. By the way, last last thought. We so like they're sick. I'm sick. I mean, literally. Father's Day weekend, which is three weeks this Saturday, is when I first got sick. And we've been sick ever since. Like, I'm not bad. I just had coughs and stuff like that. But they're like, those poor guys are just, they're just feeling brutal. And so we spent a lot of time inside watching movies over the last week. Dude, we bought all three of the old Ninja Turtle movies, like the ones when we were kids, right? The 90s. All three of them. We bought, so we watched all three of those. And then we bought, we already had the second new Ninja Turtles. We bought the first one. And we bought Paw Patrol, that movie, which you don't care about that. But let me tell you something. The third Ninja Turtle movie, which you may not even remember. I don't know if you watched this. Maybe one of the worst movies of all time. (laughs) So we watched them in order, right? You know, like one, like, oh, yeah. Two's easily the best. Two's got... Two's good. You got Super Shredder and, you know, the ooze and all that stuff. That's easily the best one. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's watch three. And I was like, I even me, I was like, I don't really remember three. You know, it's like they were like in China or something. And like, they were like, it was so bad. It was so bad. And it was almost like they had such success from the first two where they somehow changed the costumes of the, the turtles. And so they looked like more shiny and fake. And then the act, it was just, I don't know what happened. I'd like to go back in history and figure out what happened between the second and third one. It was so bad. <laughs> so bad. I wonder if anybody, uh, <laughs> the third, yeah, see, Nick, it was so bad. I didn't, I had forgotten it completely. See, I thought the third one was Super Shredder. So I maybe I haven't watched the third one. Third one, the second one, Super Shredder. That's the one where he get, whoa, he's all bulked up. Yeah, like they get the ooze and there's like, they kind of do their, the first one has Casey Jones. The first, second one had the Super Shredder, and like they had their version of Bebop and Rocksteady. It was like a wolf and a turtle or a snapping turtle or something. Okay, yes. And they got like, get big, you know, and whatever. Yep. yep. And then the third one, I don't even. I couldn't tell you what happened in the third one. I was so lost, but I'm thinking I didn't see this one. Probably didn't. I wonder if it came out like years later. Um, I don't know, Kevin. Aaron is. Every friend without kids. Jared is dead sick and talks about letting his kids have ice cream before dinner. Aaron is going to Iowa to get drunk and bed horses. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. What's funny is Haltzman gets to be like that way all the time when I have my, like, because when I don't have the boys, obviously I go into bedding mode and mm-hmm. all those things and drinking mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do have them, it's, it's Ninja Turtles and cough medicine <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> That kind of stuff. So, so the question said, so "Whatever happened to my uh, podcast uh, with Heather?" Yeah, whatever did happen to that? We got we we found a cat. That that's basically what happened. The cat kind of took over the life for a couple months, and then we decided, "Ah, eh, we're not going to do it." So, <laughs> we found a cat. That's what happened. <laughs> you guys should do a podcast about the cat. 
We could do cat cat parent pod. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. She's... No, Shoddy Aaron is the cool uncle. Like the mm-hmm. kids love Halterman. Although Uncle Aaron doesn't come over enough, so they he kind of they they he neglected them. You know, he he basically just buy. Next time he comes over, he'll buy them stuff and get their fix for another year. They really want to come over and play with those Ninja Turtles or the uh, wrestlers behind you. Every time they we're doing this, they they ask me about it. I don't like kids, so we'll see. Maybe one day. <laughs> he talks a big game, but we show up and he's going to be. You should have seen it when we went over to the, the last time we went over there, and Paul was there. It was like they didn't like have like obviously didn't like toys laying around and stuff. So we were just like using like waste baskets and stuff to throw basketballs into, just to keep get the kids, uh, you know, entertained. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was a good time. We had a really good time. Yeah. Got the old wrestlers out back there and played. Yeah, it was good. Um, no, I'm not living in the house with a bad Wi-Fi. I, well, that's not true. No, I fixed the Wi-Fi. No, it's fine. I, I literally installed new Wi-Fi for him, so it's fine. It's fine. Is that are you staying at uh, what's his name? No, what's only for four days. Um, so it should be good. You got um, have you got my plane ticket booked yet? No, no, that's on you. Okay. I'm not used to doing my own booking, so. No, I'll be driving, so. Oh, you're driving? Driving, because we're going to Saratoga, and then up to New- up to Plattsburgh, and then back to Saratoga, so. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm better you than me, so. Yep, I know. Um, by the way, last thing, have you heard about this conspiracy of, do you know who Tom Segura is? Who? Tom Segura. He's a, he's a comedian. Maybe you would know him if you saw him. Um, How do you spell his name? Oh, S E G U R A. I I know who he is. I don't know that I've watched a lot of his stuff. Go ahead. He does like he has a couple different podcasts. Um, he's on one with uh, Bert. Can't remember what his last name is. He's kind of blowing up. Anyways, um, have you? There's a conspiracy. He like laid out there, and part of it's like a joke, but they've kind of like ran off with it. And apparently, Garth Brooks like hates him now. He's there's a conspiracy though that that Garth Brooks is a serial killer because every town that he supposedly goes to on tour, like bodies go missing, people go missing, and Segura apparently like has laid all this out in a couple shows, and and they always ask like on Twitter stuff like where are the bodies, where are the bodies, Garth, and it apparently is like it's taken off and like these Segura fans have like trolled all of Garth Brooks's stuff to where it's like Garth knows about it and truly hates Tom Segura. I don't know. It's very, I, I got into, I kind of got sunk into this thing. I was like in a rabbit hole and I was like, so all these missing person cases that are associated with the towns that Garth goes to. Yeah, I'm going to research this one. You remember, you remember what was his name? Um, Garth Brooks. What was it when he went to the alter ego? And he's like bad, or he's oh like my dark. God. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's maybe I, that's I can't it. remember what the name was. Maybe that's it. Could be. I, I, I'll, I'll research that one. I had heard. By the way, he asked, "Did you name your cat Con? Con is Tony Khan who runs AEW. Moist Ham. We named the cat Darby." I bet you know why we named him Darby. I'll leave it at that. 
All right. Yeah, sure. I'm going to get on. Uh, do I have to? Can I just Google this or do I have oh, yeah. to? Okay. Yeah, I'll just Google do it. Garth, Garth Brooks conspiracy. And I, you know, is Garth Brooks a serial killer? The origin of where is bodies? Where are the bodies, Garth? There's all kinds of stuff. So. Conspiracy. You're welcome. I, I, by the way, I think it's Why not true. I don't want to put that rumor out there. I think it's all in good fun, but it is funny that Tom Skura has gotten the attention of Garth Brooks and apparently has pissed him off. So, uh, where are the bodies, Garth? Huh? Yeah, look at that. Well, okay. Then you start to think about it and you're like, maybe I may go to YouTube and watch a video on it. See, I, I heard about it on TikTok that you know, you don't have TikTok, you know, so no. All right, that's okay. we've, we've rattled on long, long enough. So mm-hmm. it's been real. It's been fun. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, obviously, good luck with this weekend in the uh, Belmont Derby and the Belmont Oaks. And obviously, it's our last weekend without Saratoga. So mm-hmm. enjoy it and get ready for the madness that is approaching in the coming weeks. All right, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Halterman, good luck at uh, in Iowa. Have fun uh, in Iowa. Tell. Uh, your boy Husker Butch to go win um, at Saratoga next out and tell Kelly good luck with some of his horses. I will do all of that. Thank you. Wear your hat. I will. Wear your hat. I'll be wearing mine. Alright, I'm Jared Welch. He's done ultimate. Good luck this week. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 